Today I'm going to read it. I'm going to read for you as a call to worship Psalm 100. Shout out praises to the Lord, all earth. Worship the Lord with joy. Enter his presence with singing. Acknowledge that the Lord is God. He made us all. We belong to him. We are his people, the sheep of his pastures. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his court with praise. Give him thanks. Praise his name. For the Lord is good. His loyal love endures and his faithfulness through all generations. Amen. It's an assurance, isn't it? Enter his gate with thanksgiving. We're in his gate, aren't we? His court with praise. In the court of the Lord is where you make your petitions. And here we are. Give him opportunity to bless you. Thank you. So, Father, we thank you for this great morning. We pray as we enter your presence that you will overflow us with joy. We thank you, Holy Spirit, for being here. Today is special. The day the Lord has made, we shall rejoice and give thanks. Hallelujah. Amen. Okay, so moving on, um, Triana is coming to read from the Bible for us. Just pray first. Father God, thank you for Triana's serving heart. I pray now that you bless her as she brings your word to us today. In Jesus' name, amen. Reading from Philippians chapter 1, verse 1 to 11. Paul and Timothy, servants of Christ Jesus, to all God's holy people in Christ Jesus at Philippi, Together with the overseers and deacons, grace and peace to you from God, Father and Lord Jesus Christ. I thank God every time I remember you. In all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with you with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. Being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you would carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. It is right for me to feel this way about all of you, since I have you in my heart. And whether I am in chains or defending and confirming the gospel, all of you share in God's grace with me. God can testify how I long for all of you with the affection of Christ Jesus. And this is my prayer, that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight, so that you may be able to discern what he is best and may be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. And uh, today we welcome Colin here today to speak to us. Just pray of course, yeah, thank you. Yeah. yeah. Father God, 
we thank you for bringing Judy and Colin to us today. Mm. They are such a blessing to our church. Mm. Thank you, Lord. Mm. And I pray now, Father, for the wisdom of the Holy Spirit to mm. be upon Colin as he speaks to us. I pray we open our hearts, Lord, and our lives are changed through what he has to say to us today. In Jesus' holy name, amen. Yeah, good morning, everyone. Yeah, uh, it's really um, lovely for uh, Judy and I to be here with you. Um, the, the best thing of all is that there are quite a few of you that I don't know who you are. Um, so that is, that is really good uh, um, because that's what church should be like, isn't it? Um, for those of you who, who don't know who, who I am, <laughs> so back in the distant past, um, I was the, your minister here. Um, and uh, yeah, we're always really delighted to come back to, back to, back to something again. Um, and I do see Ian. I keep in touch with him. And uh, I know that things are great. Um, well, we came to that baptism service uh, a little while ago, which was amazing. Absolutely brilliant. Um, anyway, if you've got a Bible, it would be good to have those verses open, and some of you have, which is amazing. Um, I think we're going to get something, not yet, but we're going to get something on the screen, hopefully, um, but it doesn't matter if we don't, um, but we'll, we'll see how we do. Um, so, uh, I, I'd be thinking, what should I speak to you about? Obviously, it's always hard when you come to uh, um, somewhere where you know, you're not every week to know what you should talk about. And... Um, what I felt I wanted to talk about were fr some stuff in these verses here because um, what you've got here is a prayer that Paul prayed for this church in Philippi, church that he'd set up. And um, he prays four things for this church. And some of the things he prays about, they're doing already. Some of them he wants them to do a bit more. But they're all things that are really important for church life. And they are things which bring him joy, and he believes brings God joy as well. So what you've got here, I think, are four marks of a church that God thinks, that's a great church. Um, and that's what I want to share um, with you. And like the Philippians, some of these things, maybe all of them, you're doing already. And others of them, well, it may just be that it's just an encouragement to um, do them a little bit more. So let's see what we can make of this. So uh, let's see if we can get something on the screen. So see if we can get our first word on the screen. Here's my first word. It's not there yet, but we're going to see if we can get it. It's going to come. Um, give it a second. Yep, here it is. Good. We're in action. Okay, so I'm going to call it loyalty. Um, you'll see why in a minute. Here's the first thing that he talks about. And if you go on to the next one, Lee, you'll see the verse that I'm talking about here. And he talks about partnership. Uh, I could use partnership. I've chosen loyalty. I thank God, this is what Paul says about this church, every time I remember you, in all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy because of your partnership. So what you have here is a church that was incredibly loyal to Paul through all the ups and downs of his life, and there were a lot of them, weren't there? And he was so grateful that they had supported him through all of it. And I want just to remind us today that long-term loyalty is as important to church leaders today as it was then. 
I don't think, you know, it's, we probably don't always realise this, but sometimes it can be quite lonely to be a church leader. And I tell you, the toughest times for me were always when people left because they were people that were my friends very often. Um, and it was always hard um, because these are not just colleagues, these are friends and people that you're working with. And I am, was so grateful for the long-term support of lots of you who are still here today <laughs> and others, of course, as well, because that makes all the difference in the world to know that you've got other people who are in it for the long run with you, supporting you and working with you. And of course, it's not just about ministers, is it, and church leaders. All of us who do anything in church, we know the same, don't we? We know that we need to have other people who we can count on, who are going to be with us for the long haul. And it's important for all of us, because if you're working in a church, if you're part of a church, you want to feel, I'm not on my own here. People are going to be with me, um, and they're going to be with me for the long term. I want just to remind us that healthy, strong churches, churches that I believe bring God joy, are churches where there are those people, plenty of people, who make long-term commitments. Now, I, I don't think I probably need to say this to, to you this morning because we've got lots of people here who are incredibly loyal to this church. And I want to encourage you to stay loyal to Ian and to Laura and to Julia and to Phil. They need and gonna need, as this church grows and develops, they're gonna need to know that you are with them for the long haul. So I want to encourage you to, to, to support them and to stay with them and to let them know that you're staying with them as well, um, that you're alongside them. Um, and that you've got the same kind of commitment as they have. Back here in Philippi, it was a bit easier to stay loyal to a church because there weren't any others. <laughs> so you had to stay loyal to it. And, you know, later on in, uh, in, in this book, it talks about um, a couple of people, a couple of women who've fallen out, doesn't it? Euodia and Syntyche. Sometimes they uh, change those names to odious and soon touchy. Um, but, <laughs> not too, but they had to sort themselves out because there was nowhere else to go. Um, that's not always the case here, is it? Because we have more choice. And I know that there are, there are times when it's right to move from one church to another. But, but we need to be very careful, I think, about all the swapping around that goes on. I, I mean, I've said this here before, I'm sure. But I think it was the Archbishop of York who once said that we, we, we are in danger of becoming consumers of religion rather than disciples of Jesus. And that is so important that we don't just float around to wherever we think the latest action is um, to be disciples of Jesus and be committed to where we are. And I want just to remind us that long-term loyalty is a mark of a church that brings joy to God. That's our first word, really, this morning. So there are lots of reasons why uh, Paul loved this church. Um, 
when you, if you read this letter, there, there are far fewer problems in this church than there were in some of the others. Um, and uh, there was at least one great testimony. This is the church of the jailer, the Philippian jailer, do you remember? So there, there was plenty going on. But what is he most thankful for? Well, let's just have the, the next slide if we can. I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. So this is what Paul is uh, thankful for most of all. He's thankful for their partnership in the gospel and he's reminding us, let's get the next word, here's my second word of another really key thing, key purpose for any church and that is mission, mission. So that's our second word, mission. So it was Archbishop um, William Temple, I think, who once said, you've heard this before, the church is the only organisation that exists for the benefit of non-members. Um, and, I mean, that isn't completely true um, because we all need the church to be there for us sometimes. We, we need its help, don't we? Sometimes the church needs to be like a hospital um, because uh, um, we need to be cared for, we need to be looked out for, we need people to notice us and, and all these things. Um, but what we must never do is to become self-absorbed and inward-looking. That's, that's the, if, if our age out in the world has got a fault, it's that, that we're incredibly self-absorbed as a culture. You know, it's all about me um, and about us and, and how we are and so on. And there is a danger that that comes into the church and we've, we've got to resist that. We must never forget that we are here above all to share what we have with those around us who don't yet have that. Our commitment is to help other people come to know Jesus. Our commitment is to, is to help make the world a bit more like it will be when he rules. If I go back now to when Judy and I first came to something... Um, it was a bit like starting a, 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 from nothing, really. And we had to reach out. I mean, if we hadn't reached out, we wouldn't have survived. <laughs> so we had to reach out. That, we, we had to do that. And in those years, we, we, we didn't become a mega church. We never became a, a huge church. But what I think we did do, as I look back, is we did make an, an impact on this community around us. And when I kind of think back and, and sort of weigh up, well, what was, what was good and what was not so good, the thing that, that I'm most grateful for, really, is for those people who came from nowhere to become Christians. And in some cases have gone on to be, be church ministers as well. And again, I, I don't think I need to say this to you because I know that you are still incredibly outward-looking and I just want to encourage you to keep going with that, to keep being out in our community, to keep working there, and to keep sharing the good news of Jesus. All of us, and here in this church, there's an area that we have responsibility for. We, there are people that only we can reach, um, and we 
had to have a commitment to them. You know, often say, don't we, when Jesus was on earth, he, has a, he had a body, now he has another body, and it's us. It's the church. And sometimes that's hard. It's going to be sacrificial. It's not always going to be appreciated. Sometimes it will seem to make no difference, but it will. I want to tell you a story now. I wonder if any of you will remember uh, this, 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 this man. Some of you might. Some years ago, well, it's quite a few years ago now, we suddenly had this, this man called Jason uh, come out on the wreck, it was, um, when we had one of those communities. Anyone re- remember that name at all? So I, when I was told about it, I didn't remember at all, but I have since. So Jason um, suddenly turned up at the tent one night and he'd had a pretty difficult background. I think his mother had just died. He was living in a not a very nice flat in Lansing. He was, you know, um, having to pawn his possessions and all this kind of stuff. Um, and he came a- a- along and started helping and joining in. Um, and then he started coming to church and he, he came um, to, uh, you know, stuff it over in the manse and so on. And... Uh, you know, he seemed to be really responding to, to the care that people were showing. Um, and I remember Rob Allwright went off and paid off his debts <laughs> and, and all this kind of stuff. And uh, then suddenly he disappeared. We didn't see him again. Never saw him again. And at the time we thought, I think that he has been shown the kind of love that he's probably not had before. And I think he probably just felt he couldn't cope with it in the end and kind of withdrew. Well, someone came up to me up where we live now the other day and said, oh, I met someone who knows you. Um, and uh, they said that, uh, he said, this man, he was in Stenning. He's got a little charity shop there and organises a, a charity and said that, that um, knowing me and coming here had changed his life. I couldn't think who it was, but I thought, I'm going to take the credit for this anyway, <laughs> whoever it is. Um, and it wasn't until I got back and talked to Judy that we remembered. So I don't know how it's happened, but Jason obviously became a Christian and is now doing this charity work up in, up in Stenning. And there he is. Um, I haven't been to see him yet. I'm gonna, when I'm there, I'm going to call in into this little shop he's got and say hello to him. But isn't that a great story? And you see, we just don't know, do we? We don't know the, the long-term consequences of what we're doing. I want to just encourage us to keep involved, to keep being outward. Being, oh, gosh, I just think of Darren. We all know Darren. Um, and, uh, you know, Darren became a Christian here, and now here he is working in a church, and there are others, aren't there? So let's, let's, not, let's not give up. Yeah, there are others. I didn't hear that, but I'm sure, yeah, that's good. That's good. Okay, that's my second word, mission. Two more. I want us just to think about what attracted people to the early church. Just think back to that for it you know this church in Acts that we read about I mean you can think of all things that it might have been you know you think of the the miracles that took place you might think of the um, you know the, the the powerful preaching that Peter and others um, gave all those things 
But actually, what, what do we read? It was that attracted people. What attracted people was something, well, on the face of it, simple, but actually very difficult. We read, don't we, that it was their love for each other that drew people to the church. Because here you had groups of people who would not have had anything to do with each other in ordinary life. Because you had rich people, poor people, you had slave owners and slaves, and here they were all together. And that was, there was a power in that that was just incredible to the outside world. It was humanly impossible. And it just thought, gosh, there must be something real in this. So here's my third word. Third mark of a church that brings joy to God. Um, and it's this word love. And if we just go on to the next one, you'll see where that comes from in verse 9. Um, just go on to the next slide, if we can, Lee. And this is my prayer, that your love may abound more and more. I think you, you know this already, but we are called to a commitment to each other that goes beyond just saying hello to each other on a Sunday morning. I, I've been talking to a, 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 a man who is, has become a Christian, really, um, through some personal... Um, well, his wife died. Um, and, and I've been meeting up with him. And he, it, it, it's, it's very nice when you've got someone who's willing to listen to you. Um, so, um, you know, I, I've got grandchildren who won't listen to me. For, no, that's not true. They're very, they're very kind. Um, but um, he just sits there lapping it up. And I'm thinking, gosh, I've got to be careful here. I mustn't overdo this. Um, but he was asking me the other day about, you know, the history of the church and and. I don't mean this church, I mean the church as a whole. And so I, I went all the way back, you know, to Jesus' time and the Acts of the Apostles and then the church that was the Roman Catholic Church and the Eastern Orthodox, which was all one and then split. And then through history, and I thought, as I said, this is dreadful. Isn't it awful that there have been all these splits in church life? And what on earth does God feel about um, about the divisions that there have been over and over and over and over again through history. I mean, it, it reminds us that human beings are pretty flawed people. But it's sad, isn't it? And how sad it is. Some of us have experienced, probably few of us have experienced church splits and, and, and difficult times in church. And we know just, and, and we probably know people as well who don't go to church for that very reason because they've been hurt, and it is desperately sad. And it just reminds me that we are called to deep, sacrificial care of each other. I mean, you know, love sounds all, all fluffy and lovely, but it's actually, it takes some real commitment and sacrifice to put other people's interests before our own to want the best for other people, to defer to other people, to let other people have centre stage, to uh, honour each other, to be being brave enough to confront someone when we feel that they're going astray, and maybe above all, to forgive people. What a need there is for forgiveness. How many awkward relationships there are in church life because one of us won't forgive the other. 
And I just want to encourage us to be people who uh, love each other like that. You know, slow to take offence, quick to forgive, graciousness, passing on all those things. So the vicar of um, Holy Trinity Brompton before, uh, before Nicky Gumbel was a man called Sandy Miller. And Sandy Miller um, once said this. He said, people come to church for all kinds of reasons, but they stay in a church, and this is a huge church he's talking about, they stay in a church for one reason only, and that reason is friendship. <laughs> friendship. So let's be committed to that kind of sacrificial love. Okay, here's the last one, fourth word. So the fourth word is this, um, if we can get it. That's going to come. Right, well, there's the verse, first of all. And this is my prayer that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight. So that's going to be my fourth word. So if we can get that up, Lee, that would be great. Um, can I come? Nice bet. He's <laughs> trying to come. Sorry? Yeah, it's there. <laughs> there we are. Well done. Yeah, it's there. Here's my fourth word. The fourth thing that makes a church that brings God joy. So it's knowledge. Now, I'm not talking about just knowing more theology or even knowing your Bible well. Um, those are all good things. What we're talking about, what Paul's talking about here, is getting to know Jesus better, understanding his mind. He's talking about relationship, so that we'll know what really matters in life, so that we'll be able to live the kind of lives that bring pleasure to God. And this is what Paul wants for these Christians. A few weeks ago, I had to give a little talk on someone called Anna, and Anna was right back in the, uh, in the Gospels. When Jesus was, uh, um, Mary took Jesus to the temple and um, uh, he was a little baby. And, and Simeon had given these lovely words of encouragement and then said, actually, at the end of that, your life is going to be really hard to Mary. And that was a real blow to her. Suddenly, you know, all this talk of the Messiah, what, 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 what's her life going to be like? It's not going to be like she thought. And then this old lady comes out of nowhere, pushes through the crowds and gives these encouraging words to, to, to Mary, um, which, you know, was really helpful after what she just heard. And when you think about this old lady, um, you, you realise that she had every disadvantage that was, it was possible to have. So first of all, she was a woman and no one took women seriously um, in the culture of the time, did they? Um, secondly, she was a widow, so she was dependent on others. She was old. She'd not really done anything in life. She spent most of her time in the temple. But none of those things counted because the Bible says that what she had done was she had spent her time worshipping God and getting to know him better in the temple. And therefore, God could use her in that wonderful way just at that right <coughs> moment. And... I just want to encourage us all to get to know God, keep getting to know God better 
and better. And I'm just going to remind us of a very simple thing that, that uh, I, I think is, is really helpful for this. As when I grew up, there was a lot of emphasis, and it'll be true for some of you on quiet times, on um, just reading your Bible each day and making sure you prayed each day. Whenever it was, however you did it, you, 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 you did that. And it's not a legalistic thing, but it's just that if we want to get to know someone better, we've got to spend time with them. I know my old minister, when I was growing up, used to talk about the three Ds, daily, dogged, discipline. Um, and it is really hard. I've got more time now than I've had in the past to actually read my Bible every day, even though I know it's a wonderful thing to do. It, 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 I have to work at it because it's hard. I can think of all sorts of reasons why I won't do it. Um, and to pray as well. So if we do nothing else, and maybe you're all far better than me, you do all this <laughs> already. Um, but if you do, I just want to encourage us all, look, here's a place to start, to make sure that each day you read your Bible and you pray. Here's the way to start. There's all sorts of other ways, of course there are. But to get to know God better. That's what... That's what Paul really wants this church to keep doing. It's a sign of people whom God is really pleased with. And, you know, the reason for, if we can go on to the next one, um, the, this is the reason why he wants this growth in love and knowledge. If we can just get the next verse, that will be, that will be good. So that you'll be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless until the day of Christ filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. So I guess that all of us want our lives to count for something. We don't want to drift through life, do we? We want to feel that our lives have been worthwhile, that, that they've had purpose, that we've, we've, we, we're going to better face God and, 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 and be able to, to stand before him knowing that we've done what we could for him. And that's what Paul wants us to develop as we, as we grow in love and as we grow in knowledge. The message translates those words. It will help us to live a life that Jesus would be proud of, to be a church that Jesus would be proud of. So those are my four words, really. Um, Marks of a church that bring joy to God. So loyalty, mission, love, and knowledge. And I want to mention one last thing, because I've left till last the verse that most people focus on when they hear those words read from Philippians. Do we want to grow in all those things? in loyalty and mission and love and all those sort of things. It's not going to be easy, but there's some wonderful promises for us and a promise that sustained uh, Christians and churches over many centuries and it's a promise for us. So let's just remind ourselves of that. Let's just get on to that if we can. The being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on until completion until the day of Christ Jesus. So God has called you to himself. If you keep persevering with all these things that we've been talking about, God will not let you go. 
God has been in this church in the past. He started a work. He will finish it. He's not going to let it flounder. He's not going to let it um, come to naught. It's a wonderful promise, and it's a true promise, that if we are committed to growing in loyalty, in mission, in love, and in knowledge, we can be sure that God will not abandon us, that God will never let us go. There may be difficult times, there may be ups and downs, there may be challenging circumstances, but our security as people and as a church doesn't depend on any of those things. It rests on this unchanging promise of God. He started, so he'll finish. So you can step out in confidence into the future as a church, knowing that what God has started, he will finish. All right, I'm going to stop there. Thank you for listening, everyone. God bless you all. You haven't got to, you, you, you haven't got to do that, but it's very nice. <laughs> Thank you for listening and thanks for having me here.